Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Game Masters Under Dark, where two game masters get together and... Three game masters! Oh, we got a third! It just it's happened! Third. You better be wearing a shirt. Right? We're recording, Matt. Oh, man. This Keep is, going, uh, Will. Be professional. Yeah. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I need to be professional. Um, so uh, this week, three game masters are getting together to answer your questions about uh, tabletop RPGs, uh, but specifically uh, Dungeons and Dragons for the most part. Uh, as always, I am Will, and uh, I am joined by Matt R. Uh, He's Matt got gloves R. on. Yes, uh, he is He is in a part of the country where it's cold, and I'm in a part of the country where it's, it was almost 80 today. So... Figures <laughs> um, are jealous. Right? I'll trade you. I would much rather be cold. I have a fan blowing right now. <laughs> um, and you guys actually know who our, our third game master is, but we'll wait to introduce him until... Uh, he has his clothes he, on. Yeah, until, <laughs> until he's ready to go. Um, oh, we got... We got connection. Do we have him? There he is. Oh, wow. So professional. What an entrance, Matt. <laughs> A new challenger approaches. Right. Yes. <laughs> so uh, the man who's been absent for a few episodes, uh, he is back. Uh, so for those of you who might be new, Matt, uh, how are you doing, buddy? This is Matt H., our, our third uh, our third leg of this tripod. I, that's, I should have thought better about that. <laughs> that was rough. the reoccurring guest star at this point there we go well look man look life happens uh i start school again next week so you know people's be busy and obviously uh you've had a lot going on lately so um yeah yeah we, uh yeah so um we are this week going over cantrips um Ooh. yes uh i will actually I'm going to do this real quick. I beg pardon uh, to everybody. Um, here we go. I'm sending Matt something. This is the nice thing about having kind of like a free form podcast here. Um, <laughs> Give the notes. I am. Have the notes. So I just sent you something, Matt. Um, we'll, kind of, we'll kind of wing it from here. Um, I have my text size turned up so high that it's just one individual letter for the <laughs> link just going down. That's that's how blind I am. Oh my God. I, I don't even have my glasses on right now, so I can I can barely see. Um, actually, I don't even know if I've ever worn my glasses for an episode. I, I probably should should do that. Um, Why well, start? I, I wear glasses and I still can't see, so I should go to the doctor. <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> With that with that good insurance i know you got <laughs> um all joking aside uh, matt it is good to have you back uh we we have missed you uh on the show you know obviously we, we talk to each other regularly but it's uh it's nice to have you back so good to be back <laughs> while while matt uh oh excuse me <laughs> bless you um, so while Matt goes over what uh, what we just I was just sending to him here, uh, we're gonna get 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 started here. Um, this is all stuff Matt kind of knows, anyways. Um, but first and foremost, what is a cantrip? So for anybody who's a new DM or a new player, you might not be sure what this is. Um, so written, this is taken straight from the basic rules. Uh, a cantrip is a spell that can be cast at will without using a spell slot and without being prepared in advance. 
Repeated practice has fixed the spell in the caster's mind and infused the caster with the magic needed to produce the effect over and over. A cantrip's spell level is zero. So that's very important for something that will come up here in a little bit. Um, but basically, yeah, uh, you don't get a ton of cantrips necessarily, um, but they, they cost nothing to, to cast. So that's kind of the nice thing, especially at low levels, um, depending on how your character is built there. They're super handy. Uh, Matt, R, uh, you want to, let's, let's, we're just going to go down the, we're going to go down the list here. All right. Next thing. <laughs> yeah. Who can use them? Technically, any class can use them with the correct subclass, class, or feats, but the classes that automatically get access in character creation are Artificer, Bard, Cleric, Druid, Sorcerer, Warlock, and Wizard, who can all cast spells without using their spell slots for those. And it's really just a cl classes and subclasses that give spell slots. There are some races that also automatically get uh, access to some cantrips. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's some like um, Eldritch Knight for Fighter gets them. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Arcane Trickster gets it for the Rogue. Um, most of your Paladins do once you pick your, your, uh, your subclass. Um, so like Matt said, yeah, this, th that was by no means an extensive list, but if you're not sure of where to start, I would say, like what classes automatically get magic right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Those are your guys. <laughs> Grab one the of magic nice, classes. Nice cantrips. <laughs> uh, so continue on down the line. Oh, is it my turn? Or it's your turn, buddy. Turns? Okay. <laughs> uh, so can they be upcast? Actually, I have to move you guys out of the way so I can actually read this whole thing. Uh, whereas many of the other spells that spellcasters get access to can be upcast to have more powerful effects, cantrips cannot. This is because they don't actually have any spell level. That is correct. They are a cantrip, not a level spell. Uh, this doesn't mean they can't be useful. Also keep in mind that some cantrips that deal damage will automatically get stronger as you level up. And that is level up in any class, not just the spellcaster class specifically. Mm -hmm. So cantrips, even if you are a barbarian and you take the magical adept wizard feat, your cantrips are going to scale with your overall level, not just your caster level. Yeah, so um, I know this format, guys, is a little diff different because I put notes, but I wanted to make sure we didn't miss anything this time. Yeah, I mean, we got to describe <laughs> what it is. Yeah, so, and, and I like cantrips. You guys know I pretty much always play a classic cast, so um, <laughs> cantrips are kind of uh, my thing. Um, but next thing, that uh, what kind of cantrips are there? Um, a basic rundown. There are many different kinds of cantrips. Um, some of them uh, buff you or your allies. Uh, some of them can be used to attack. Vicious Mockery for Bards is probably the most popular one or Eldritch Blast for Warlocks. Um, but the next part, this next thing is there are some that also provide utility outside of combat. Um, while you can always play your character how you see fit, Having at least one utility spell, if you can afford to take it, can be helpful, uh, especially at lower levels, where you most likely won't have access to magic items that can give you things like dark vision, or if you go into a cave or dungeon and forget to bring torches. 
So um, this is totally obviously like setting dependent. Um, you know, if you're you're playing in a game that's using D&D rules, but it's more modern and there's not a lot of actual dungeon delving, that may not be a huge thing for you. You might not need like the light cantrip. But if you're playing in a medieval setting, Sometimes that's important. <laughs> so um, I'll do this next part as well, because this is actually something I researched independently. Um, <laughs> so uh, what are the best cantrips? Uh, as I just said, like this is actually going to depend on the kind of campaign you're playing in. Um, however, to get a little insight, uh, I, I did basically a quick Google search and found like five lists from uh, some, some bigger like websites that, you know, cover D&D type stuff. And um, of the five lists, um, and I'm sure we'll get into this, of the five lists that were reviewed, only two cantrips appeared on every list. Um, those were Minor Illusion and Message. Now, I, I agree with one of those. We'll hold that till uh, after this, but um, there were four other cantrips that were on four of the five lists, and they were uh, Eldritch Blast, which uh, I just mentioned, uh, Guidance, Mage Hand, and Prestidigitation. Prestidigitation. Words are hard. Um, but again, keep in mind uh, too that these might not be available to you depending on the character you're, or class you're, you're picking. Not Just because you're a caster doesn't mean you get access to all cantrips. <laughs> so that is something to keep in mind. Um, but those are just kind of the ones that appeared the most often. So if you need somewhere to start, I, I feel like those are all actually really good places to start. Um, so that being said, uh, how do you guys feel about Minor Illusion and Message being the two that, like I said, I know this is not an exhaustive, extensive list, but those two being the two that have appeared the, the most often. I like Message a lot. <laughs> I think I've used it in every single game I've ever played in some way, um, just because it's so useful. And I think in a world that's this advanced with uh, magic, Message is a great way to kind of see somebody cross a very busy crowd and be like, I'm about to ring that person up real quick <laughs> and just give them a call because the cell phones didn't exist. Right. And um, just again, for those who might not be aware, a uh, message has a range of 120 feet. Mm -hmm. um, but basically you point your finger toward a creature within range and whisper a message. The target and only the target hears a message and can reply in a whisper that only you can hear. Uh, you can cast a spell through solid objects if you are familiar with the target and know it is beyond the barrier. Magical silence, one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood blocks this spell. The spell doesn't have to follow a straight line. and can travel freely around corners and through openings. So, uh, you know, if you're like new adventurers, you guys aren't familiar with each other, this spell may not be as useful. But um, I know a lot of times we discuss when we all play, do we know each other? And if the answer is yes, message is great. <laughs> message is fantastic. I think um, I use it in context of like, just it's loud and you can barely hear each other as it is when it comes to just talking normally. So using message would like focus that, mm -hmm. that message to actually be delivered to somebody. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Matt? I feel like message is uh, really good for a non-combat focused game. If you're doing a lot of like political intrigue or like very rogue espionage 
focused stuff, I feel like message you almost need to have that cantrip or somebody have that cantrip in a um in a setting like that. Uh, and with the message cantrip, it means that the rogue and whoever has that cantrip should be really buddy buddy with each other because somebody can, you know, scout out a hundred and twenty feet. I mean, at that point, you're looking at, with the exception of like large castles and stuff, you're looking at the vast majority of like strongholds at that point that you can send one very stealthy, whether that be a rogue or a monk or whatever, uh, in there. And you can just have full communication with that one individual that's scouting around so the rest of your party can get a full layout of what's going on or just spying on somebody and being able to relay a uh, private conversation in real time with the rest of your party. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I don't think we haven't necessarily had a, a lot of use for it because we uh it's like usually just two of us playing <laughs> right. time in our group uh but i agree i i really like the idea of message um especially if you are playing in a group a bigger group and one or two of the players know each other really well um for everything you guys just said so i'm not going to harp on that but i i definitely agree i do have something to mention and i've mm-hmm. kind of i've noticed it in how you, we've been referring to cantrips uh because the way i pick a cantrip has always been since it's at normally level one, I don't know, 5e doesn't really do level zero sessions, but <laughs> normally it's level one, um, you pick, get to pick your cantrips. And at this point in an adventurer's life, I like to think of a cantrip as being, it is a utility to them in some way, depending on what their background is. And so like, it's great to think like, okay, what kind of game am I about to get involved with? But if you're coming at it from a story perspective of like, well, where does my character fit in this world? And what kind of spells would they have before they go on to this adventuring life? Looking at the cantrips as this is something that they can just do. This is something they probably do often is a uh, good way to pick a cantrip. I know I picked mending a few times and I've had people being like, don't choose mending, don't choose mending. That, that's not going to help us in battle or anything like that. I'm like, no, but it's like, it fits my character's background. And if I play into that, you never know when it'll come up in the game. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why, um, I think in one of the sections earlier, I was like, it really depends on how you play your character. Mm-hmm. You're always going to have those uh, min maxers who are like, you're like, don't pick mending. We're never going to use it. Just pick <laughs> something different. I'm not, <laughs> it just depends like you said on your your class and stuff mm-hmm. um you know i i know so i i definitely agree um that it, it really just depends i know a lot of times i pick at least a utility spell or utility cantrip um whether it's i, I usually go with uh either light or um mage hand are my two favorite um but that's just because sometimes like I don't want to bring 10 torches into a dungeon. <laughs> it's a fire hazard. Right. Like we don't know, you know, now that those torches are cool if there's a troll in there, but you know, you don't know. So um, I, I usually go with mage hand, I think is, is the one I go with. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. I think how you want to play your character uh, matters. And I think it's, that's on the DM too. If you put, if you pick mending, 
yeah, it's something small, but they should find a way for you to use that. Yeah. Break stuff, DM. Yeah, break. Or yeah. <laughs> you know, even if you appear in a town and you see a little orphan girl whose dress is torn, you know, a random act of kindness, you fix the dress. There you go. You don't know that little girl could have information for you later. And now we're at the political intrigue, like Matt was saying. But you never know. <laughs> little girl is part of a political intrigue game. Hey, wow. man, maybe she's a runner for the beggar king. Who knows? First of all, there we uh, go. As, as, some, <laughs> as somebody who uh, is the father of a small child, sometimes you forget they're in the room when you're talking. <laughs> uh, I, without getting too sidetracked, I accidentally taught my son how to say crap the other day because I forgot he was sitting next to me. And oh, all I hear is a tiny voice go, crap? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, children can be uh, very helpful in situations like that, depending on... I'm glad we established that. <laughs> if you take one thing from this episode everyone is that children can be very useful in some situations <laughs> political intrigue y'all there's an use children right other, in political other, intrigue yeah, otherwise not important um obviously obviously joking i love my son um <laughs> but um yeah so uh we're gonna moving along what about minor illusion being the other one that was on think, all five lists because that was interesting movie. Yeah, I was gonna say that was the I never one. I never really paid attention to it that much. So uh I'll I'll read this the spell again real quick, uh, like I did for, for message. Uh you create a sound or an image of an object within range that lasts for the duration, which uh is one um one minute. Uh the illusion also ends if you dismiss it or uh as an action or cast the spell again. If you create a sound, its volume can range from a whisper to a scream. It can be your voice, someone else's voice, a lion's roar. Uh, beating of drums or any other sound you choose the sound continues unabated throughout the duration or you can make discrete sounds at different times before the spell ends uh, if you create an image of an object such as a chair muddy footprints or a small chest it must be no larger than a five foot cube the image can't create sound light smell or any other sensory effect physical interaction with the image reveals it to be an illusion because things can pass through it mm -hmm. Um, and then the next part is just that uh, with a investigation check, they can they can tell if it's an illusion or not. Um, so I, I, I'm not quite sure about that one because for the same, uh, I like I'd rather have prestidigitation if I'm going to do all that because those with prestidigitation, you can create a sensory effect. And I, I mean, as people, you're more likely to react to a smell or you know a, a sound than you are to just maybe like a box sitting on the ground <laughs> that depends on what you're minor illusioning i feel like that's i feel minor illusion can be useful in almost specific cases especially if you're choosing like a character i mean like if you're making like classic magician there you go yeah pick that one but uh <laughs> but if you, otherwise you pick it i feel like it comes it would have to come into play in a specific situation um, I don't think it's definitely not not useful, um, but it's like I myself am drawing a blank on when I would use that, especially in like levels one and so on. Yeah, and um, real quick, Matt, before we get your opinion, I, I do want to read Prestidigitation since I, I, I brought it up. Um, but this uh, this spell is a minor magical trick, so um, similar to Minor Illusion. Um, 
Uh, it is a minor magical trick that novice spellcasters use for practice. You create one of the following magical effects within range, uh, and it's got a 10-foot range. Uh, you create an instantaneous harmless sensory effect, such as a shower of sparks, puff of wind, faint musical notes, or an odd odor. Uh, you instantaneously light or snuff out a candle, torch, or a small campfire. You instantaneously clean or soil an object no larger than one cubic foot. You chill, warm, or flavor up to one cubic foot of non-living material for an hour. You, uh, you make color... You make a color, a small mark, or a symbol appear on an object for the surface for one hour, uh, and you create a non-magical trinket or illusory image that can fit in your hand, and that lasts until the end of your next turn. Um, and that lasts for an hour instead of one minute. Um, and it does and have a... Artificer can use that. Artificer can't use my illusion. Yes, yes. So um, because of that, like I said, I personally prefer precedentation, but what do you think? What, what's your opinion on that one, Matt? So with Minor Illusion, it's a lot more situational in how you could use it. Uh, I could see somebody um, almost putting on like a Minor Illusion show instead of like a puppet show or something, um, you know, recounting great deeds of old or something like that. Um, but instead of puppets, it's with the Minor Illusion. Mm -hmm. um, it would it would be a funny thing to pull pranks on people minor illusion to chair somebody goes sits down passes right through it falls down haha -ha, funny um it could be done with things like you're running away from somebody you're you know a couple of feet in front of them you minor illusion the sound of like heavy footsteps going down one hallway you stealth through the other hallway bada bang bada boom there you go um one that I have seen used before that I thought it was funny uh, was sort of like a Roadrunner Wiley Coyote thing where somebody hid in minor illusion to door on a wall on just a plain stone wall while somebody was chasing them. And the uh, like bad guy who was a barbarian was like running up and tried to kick the door down and they just kicked the stone wall as hard as they could. Um, so for like goofs and pranks and like storytelling and stuff like that, I could see how it would be pretty useful in those situations. Um, but I'm in the same camp as Will though, where I just think personally prestidigitation is just the way better option and version than minor illusion, uh, for the pure fact that it just gives you way more utility out of it and still gives you some aspects about minor illusion, but with a ton of other things as well. And it seems like, um, looking at it, prestidigitation um, is something that almost the cleric can do <laughs> with thaumaturgy, or turgy, whatever it's called. Yeah, thaumaturgy. Um, I think uh, for the cleric using that spell, thaumaturgy, um, it's a... Uh, not as strong as precedentation, but it's definitely like the cleric can only use that one and nobody else can use that one. So, I mean, prestidigitation is like the go-to if you're not a cleric. <laughs> yeah, and druidcraft, if you're a druid, is also very similar in that you, um, if you play it rules as written, you're actually only doing very minor things. Um, 
So uh, in one of the lists, they actually had all three of those together, prestidigitation, thaumaturgy, and druidcraft. Uh, like labeled together because in essence they are kind of doing the same thing you're creating illusions um it just depends on how you're doing that um Mm -hmm. i haven't messed excuse me i haven't messed with druid craft myself because i don't think i've played a druid um i've messed with thaumaturgy a little bit when i played my cleric my my necromancer um but yeah if i had to pick yeah prestidigitation hands down um eldritch blast that's specifically for warlocks um but that's still a great uh cantrip it lets you attack and it uh, i believe eldritch blast does scale so uh that's nice that's one Uh, of those ones where they are vague with how it looks and so every time i get something and i choose eldritch blast eldritch blast (laughs) i always like to play with the idea of like how you are actually visualizing it because it could range yeah absolutely um mage hand uh like i said that's probably my personal favorite uh just because you Being can the favorites now uh well no i'm just i'm looking at the list uh but uh for again it's got a one minute duration but a spectral floating hand appears at a point you choose within range uh, which is 30 feet the hand lasts for the duration or until you dismiss it as an action the hand vanishes if it is ever more than 30 feet away from you or if you cast the spell again you can use your action to control the hand you can use the hand to manipulate an object, open an unlocked door or container, stow or retrieve an item from an open container, or pour the contents out of a vial. You can move the hand up to 30 feet each time you use it. The hand can't attack, activate magic items, or carry more than 10 pounds. Um, but the reason I like that is because, again, utility, if you're checking for traps, maybe like the Indiana Jones type of thing, if I got 30 feet and I've got clearance, I can just like, all right, go touch go touch the idol. Let's see, let's see what happens. Or if you're checking for poison darts, again, you know, going through all the fantasy tropes, again, you can try to open the chest or push on the plate, you, you know, push on a tile or something and you're out of harm's way. Um, assuming it doesn't go, you know, you've got that 30 feet. So um, I, I kind of like, I, I like the idea of Mage Hand. It, it's got a lot of, like I said, utility, which that can come up no matter what, <laughs> whether you're in a big city, whether you're in a dungeon, you're, you know, just that, that can be used at all times. So that's why I like Mage Hand. Um, any thoughts on that before I read Guidance, which was the other one that appeared on pretty much all the lists? Mage Hand's cool. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy Mage Hand. Yeah, ma- ma- yeah Mage Hand's pretty simple. Uh, the last one, though, that appeared on four out of five was Guidance. Um, this one is a touch spell. Um, it lasts for a minute, uh, but you touch one willing creature once before the spell ends, the target can roll a D4 and add the number rolled to one ability check of its choice. It can roll the die before or after making the ability check, the spell then ends. So uh, I kind of like that when you're getting into a situation where there might be um, like charisma checks or intimidation checks, you know, that that kind of social interaction which happens obviously a lot in in dnd so I, I do actually like guidance even though i don't often take it um because it is one of those when you when you pick a caster you might usually at most i think you get three cantrips at first level is like the most you can get mm-hmm. and oftentimes if you're playing a caster 
you don't have a ton of spell slots <laughs> that early on. So you're picking things like, uh, we'll stick with the Warlock since Eldritch Blast is up there. I'm going to take Eldritch Blast and then maybe one other attack. Um, like you might only have room for one utility spell. Um, so I don't often pick Guidance, but I do like it. It's kind of like um, Bardic Inspiration, uh, but it has infinite uses. So, um, you know, I, I do like it. It's it's just hard, man. <laughs> it's, it's hard to fit that one in there. Um, it, you know, unless you get another slot somewhere down the line. Um, what about what about you guys? What do you think about that? I don't think any of us have ever used it in a, in a game, but. I don't think I have either. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's just, it's tough to fit in there. Um, but that being said, uh, like Matt alluded to, let's get into it uh, a little bit. What are your guys' favorite cantrips? Uh, Matt will, R will, oh, there he is. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I had to pick up something. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, uh, what are your guys' favorite cantrips? It can oh, be any of the ones listed oh, or a different one. <laughs> My favorite one, especially recently, has been Mind Sliver. Oh, yeah. That's been rad because it's like one of the few um, cantrips that is actually straight up psychic damage. And like they, in the few games that I've played, and then they've been level one, um, those kind of monsters that you're facing on level one do not have any kind of save for those kind of psychic damage rolls. And I also, the way I make characters are always like very story focused first. And so my kind of go-to characters are somebody with like a with a soft spot they got like a sweetness to them um and so mind sliver though is like their bite though if i have to mind sliver you instead of swinging a sword at you it's personal yeah it's personal <laughs> oh yeah i like that and uh, what you were talking about with the save it's an intelligence save which like you said mm -hmm. lower levels not you know in not a lot of in super intelligent creatures. Everybody's um, dumping intelligence. Let's be real here. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> uh, it does have a 60-foot range, which is nice. It definitely keeps you out of combat. Mm -hmm. um, and this is one of those, uh, I'm going to read the spell real quick because it, it's an example of one that scales like we talked about. Uh, so you drive a disorienting spike of psychic energy into the mind of one creature you can see within range. The target must succeed on an intelligence saving throw or take 1d6 psychic damage and subtract 1d4 from the next saving throw it makes before the end of your next turn. The spell's damage is increased by 1d6 when you reach 5th uh, level, 11th level, and 17th level. So, Mind Sliver, yeah, I, I think it's on one of my characters. We just haven't gotten to it yet um, <laughs> in, in one of our games. So, uh, I haven't had a chance to use it. But, yeah, that was one. It did appear on a couple of lists. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I like that additional 1d4. Uh, for ability checks because if somebody else if you have another caster or uh, they, uh, like a paladin where they have to make like a deck save to avoid being smite mm -hmm. <laughs> it was smite uh well you're going to subtract a d4 from that so right. um got combo potential very much it, it, <laughs> it very much um matt what about you what's uh, one of your your favorite cantrips uh one of my favorite cantrips is control flames Yes. Uh, I like that because it is a cantrip, but if you focus on that one little cantrip, so you're one level, like, first level wizard, um, 
potentially, if nobody stops you, you could burn like an entire kingdom to the ground in like an hour. <laughs> and I just think that that is absolutely bonkers that a cantrip can do that if just nobody stops you. Yes, and uh, I won't read the whole spell, but I will. The part you're specifically referring to is the very first bullet. You instantaneously expand the flame five feet in one direction, provided that wood or other fuel is present in the new location. So, <laughs> yep. So, um, yes, uh, that is yes. <laughs> so, if you want to make Smokey the Bear's nemesis, it is simply a first level wizard that has just been <laughs> focusing on that spell for like an hour in a forest. <laughs> so, yeah. geez, he's arsonist. <laughs> yeah, just he's just an arsonist. Now, with that being said, you could also easily, just with a single cantrip, play a firefighter because you can also extinguish flames true. in a five-foot cube. Also, it lets you change the colors of the flame. That right. seems real that. cool to me. Um, you can make it brighter and you can also make different shapes in the fire. And I just feel like that's the most old school, like D and D wizardy thing in the world mm -hmm. is just your like party sitting around a campfire. It's nighttime. You're all waiting to like go to bed and the wizard just tells a story, but uses the flames in the campfire to represent like dragons of old or something like that. Mm -hmm. Tell a story that way. It's one very useful if you need to burn a lot of things, very useful if you don't want a lot of things to burn. And it's also really thematic because you can, I just love spells that, you know, you can tell stories with via aid of magic. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that fulfills all my things. Plus, the five-foot cube that you expanded into doesn't say that it can't be occupied by someone. So, um, ye fire damage, even from non-magical fire, is still a very real thing in 5e. It is. Uh, I, yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about that. I guess I'm going to be... It even has combat utility, everyone. <laughs> it does. It does. I'm going to cast a fire... I'm going to cast a firebolt at the ground and then just let you go for broke. Um, See, at that point, if you're in a cave, you just throw your torch and then now that torch, that whole five-foot cube is just now fire. True. So um, there's, I know I said Mage Hand's my favorite and I was, I've been looking over the list part of, part of today. I really can't find another one uh, just because I, like, like, I, like I said, pretty much all my characters are always casters. Um, and I always like to have a utility spell um vicious mockery which is kind of tropish for a bard but um words can hurt like let's be honest that like i'm not that they do will like I'm, well i'm not even <laughs> see matt went there like, but in all seriousness we, we've all been there where you're having a bad day somebody says the wrong thing you snap and you can you can genuinely you know Words can hurt. We're just we're not gonna get into it. Past but... vicious mockery in real life. <laughs> right. I mean, I try to I, I try to think of it um because I think I found something online we used when we did the witch light campaign, but I always think of like the uh French knight from Monty Python. 
Yeah, that's what I like to think about too. Every time I hear somebody's vicious mockery, it's just a bunch of yo mama jokes. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's how I prefer to use it. But uh, if I had to pick another spell, it's one I actually haven't gotten to use yet because I haven't played a druid. Um, But it reminds me of the thing that killed me in our first campaign where Matt was my DM, which was a leprechaun using his shillelagh, and it is shillelagh. Yeah, I was I was even leaning towards that one. That, that was actually probably one of the first cantrips I've ever used. And uh, I like it because, again, I'll, I'll read the text. The wood of a clever quarterstaff you're holding is imbued with nature's power. For the duration, you can use your spellcasting ability instead of strength for the attack and damage rolls of melee attacks using that weapon, and the weapon's damage die becomes a D8. The weapon also becomes magical if it isn't already. The spell ends if you cast again or if you let go of the weapon. So I like that because um, druids can can be melee or ranged casters, I know, depending on how you build them. Mm-hmm. But I like having that, uh, the idea of having that, rather, because if somebody comes up on me or what if somebody was, like, sneaking up on me? You know, we, we missed something in combat. I like the ability to let's make this thing magical and do something with it yeah so um i i yeah matt well i mean i killed myself i I shouldn't have fought the leprechaun but uh i was i was brutally murdered i don't know i've been scarred by those movies brutally brutally murdered by a leprechaun in this in my very first campaign um what a way to go out you to death he did. He rolled. What, what made it really bad was he rolled like two crits in a row. And I just, yeah, I was done. I was done. <laughs> I, magical damage from a leprechaun plus two crits. I was done. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, before we wrap it up, I do want to kind of give you guys an option for this. Um, I haven't really run into it too much, but uh, would you have a least favorite cantrip? One where you're just yeah. like, why would I? <laughs> I figured you would. Uh, but like why would i use this what which is which is funny because it is the last cantrip i used in a game and that is my least favorite cantrip um uh, my i say it's my least favorite i don't hate it it is just my least favorite because (laughs) of how situational it has to be to use it and that is true strike Yes. Oh yeah. You True strike okay. takes an action, and yeah, my guy was just constantly casting it on himself over and over again. <laughs> um, True strike takes an action, so you have advantage on your next action. Looking at action economy and how the game works, it's a lot better to just attack on that turn and then attack next turn. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way how True Strike would be viable is for a setup going into combat there's also other builds that i've seen where true strike is um potentially a viable option um a lot of stuff with rogues or things where it doesn't activate unless you have advantage on an attack Mm -hmm. um and if you're sort of hard pressed to get that you could sort of use that as a setup turn to get something relatively big off um so it's not it shouldn't get dunked on as much as it does it's not completely useless like people make it out to be it's just it needs to be used in a very specific way for very specific builds to be useful you have to get that in mind of like 
I have this specific thing I want to do where I want to have this to do it. It should never be like a, oh, I just need to pick up another cantrip. I guess I'll pick true strike. Like, yeah. No, you have to have something specific in mind if you're taking that spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I have a least fair one. Looking through this stuff, I'm like, I either, either haven't used it, so I don't really know how it would work, or uh, even reading it, I'm like, I can find use for that. I'm like, I don't know. Stuff is, There's know. one. I thought maybe Toll the Dead, but one time that came through for me. No, so, I was going to say. <laughs> one so time that really I, came through for me. <laughs> I think I think every, I played Cleric more than anything else. I, I Like some form of Cleric. I think I've always taken Toll the Dead. Like Both I've never dead. not, I've never not taken that cantrip. Like <laughs> I, like I like just the the image of it and what it gives off. It was really cool doing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will say I do have. I'm kind of like Matt. Like I don't hate this one, but it's my least favorite. Um, and it's probably going to be a surprise because I see a lot of people use it. Friends, I don't like it. Yep, and I know exactly what you mean. Is, is it I, the like second part of the paragraph? So yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's, it's the cool I can point just, that completely narrow. It's <laughs> yeah. about the first half. Yeah. So like, uh, I'll, and I'll, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll read it. Every, here. every time I go to choose friend, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Then I reread it, and I'm like, no. So <laughs> like, like Matt was saying with True Strike, this is super situational, but yeah. for the duration, you have an advantage on all charisma checks. Um, so that's intimidation, persuasion, whatever. Uh, directed at one creature of your choice that isn't hostile towards you. When the spell ends, the creature realizes that you use magic to influence your mood and becomes hostile towards you. A creature prone to violence might attack you. Another creature might seek retribution in other ways at the DM's discretion, depending on the nature of your interaction with it. Why? <laughs> like This is... I feel like this spell is for people that like very quickly try to screw somebody over and then get the heck out of Dodge. Like this is the, I'm ripping off the merchant and then running out of their stores. It does seem kind of like a, uh, this, this is it. Then we're leaving. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and And it only lasts for a minute. So that's really your only option is to get it over with quickly. Um, but just because you have advantage doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. <laughs> right. What's that before where, uh, like, I know a lot of times uh, we played a little more rules as written where it's cool you got a nat 20. That doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. Like, the crit success and crit fail is usually only for combat, at least rules as written. And I know okay. we tend to play it a little more like that. And I say tend to because sometimes there's just cool role playing yeah potential i think i have (laughs) the way i've seen friend used i've only seen it used a few times but it's always been by players that knew i can take this guy (laughs) yeah i can take this guy he's just in the way (laughs) and i I will say that i think i think if we played in a more um traditional group where there was four to five players not just two Mm -hmm. um even though all of us as as dms have gotten used to the idea of like making combat for two people to me it's just kind of like that's that's something where if like you're in a crowd yeah you because because then if even if you fail and they're like oh you trying to charm me like now i have this image of like you know high school shows and movies and stuff where like 
the gangs get up like your boys get behind you and it's like oh what are you gonna do about it <laughs> like like and to me maybe it's that's just my thought process but that's the only way it works in my brain because if it fails they now know you tried to use magic like there's there's uh there's just a whole bunch that can go wrong with friends and i think if you're a new player and you have an experienced dm who's like will give you a little leeway it's fine but experienced players with experienced dms you're not getting that kind of <laughs> you're not right. getting that that benefit of the doubt you better make it work and it wouldn't even be so bad if it was like an hour later or yeah. the next yeah. day or stuff like that but it's a minute Right. Yeah, was, 10 yeah, was, rounds of combat because a round of combat is six seconds talking is way more than a round i've been talking for like two or three rounds of combat just now <laughs> like, yeah. no i mean definitely it's it's in, in yeah i just like i, said, I don't hate it but the second part it's just it's it'd be cool if that second part yeah was longer or just non-existent <laughs> Well, yeah. And, yeah. Well, and I was gonna say, or even if it was um, after you charm them, they have to make like a wisdom save. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because then maybe they could be like, "What were we talking about?" Like that kind of a thing. Where I like, I like to think maybe remember it. <laughs> maybe you can change it to be like it to make them think that it was their idea. <laughs> like you yeah. weren't charmed. You just had a lapse in memory, See, dog. That's when you just keep on using friends and modify memory back and forth <laughs> over and over again. But, but we, but yeah, but you're not, just, you're not just ruin someone's life. At, at that point, with modify memory, how powerful that level spell is. You're not casting friends to dominate people That's at true. that point. That's true. I'm gonna cast dominate. I'm gonna oh my god! Get what I need, then modify their memory. Just have imagine. Memory. A high-level character that's just literally casting friends on people, and you're like, "Why?" And then just like, "Cause I can." But um, you know, I, I think if they had like a, a wisdom save part of that, to where if you're mm -hmm. successful, maybe they remember, maybe they don't. Mm -hmm. um, I think I would use it a lot more because it kind of becomes a save or suck spell at that point. But at right. least, I have, but at least I have a chance. Right. This it, right now, how it's written is like, it's like very high risk, and you know the reward. <laughs> very high risk for just advantage on charisma yeah. checks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean we've, I mean, we've all played where like you've got advantage, and then you still roll like a one and a four, like for what? <laughs> Why? So not only did you just fail that charisma check. Now this person hates you forever. And, it, and, right. it's like, and it's it's like a deep level of hate. It's like you tried to manipulate me. <laughs> well, and like they said, if you're what if you were like when they said they could try to get retribution otherwise, I'm thinking, uh, and I know we're going kind of off off kilter here, but I'm thinking like, what if that was the big bad and you didn't know it? <laughs> you, they don't you just have created to. your own big bad. Yeah, you don't have to manipulate them. You don't have to attack them right then. It now becomes, uh, I'm a person of means and I'm going to ruin your life. And even if it's a person that like doesn't, like can't face you in a fight, it could be somebody that maybe like an NPC that the, that the 
DM rope to be like super helpful to you, now they just forever have trust issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be a number of things. So, I, that, like, that's why I think I took friends, like on my second or third character I ever made, and then the first time I I cast it, it was successful, and then I failed my charisma. So I was like, why? What was this? What was the point of this? <laughs> like why you are not friends yeah so it's like like you said now not only have i uh yeah i was successful but now i've made you angry and i didn't get what i came here for like i'd have been better off beating you within an inch of your life and tying you up with the 50 foot of hemp and rope in my bag like <laughs> plus three bet- intimidation gets the job done <laughs> I bet the, the sales of rope in D&D are just crazy. Like, every adventurer has 50 feet of rope. Do you know how much 50 feet of rope costs in, in real day money? <laughs> like, I bet the the rope market is just booming in D&D. Oh, yeah, Sorry, weird tangent. Oh, oh no, no. no. Next game do- we play, there's going to be a rope shortage, and it's going to cripple <laughs> the economy. <laughs> yep. That would. It would. And you know what? Uh, we're, you know what? Would it be even better? Like an Acquisitions Incorporated game where all you do is you are the rope salesman. <laughs> Don't cripple the economy. That's that game there. <laughs> Make good investment choices. Right. Invest in right. rope. So um, that, that's uh, that's kind of everything that uh, I, I think, at least I know I have for, for cantrips. Did you guys have any closing thoughts or anything before we... Uh-oh. Before we go, it's not about cantrips. I jumped into this party a little late, so I'm not sure if this has already been said. I know. Matt, your <laughs> background, um, sir? See, okay, I guess I can explain it on the stream. Um, you see, I'm wearing headphones and I have a background. And because of that, it makes me look like the little lad. And so I said, well, I'm just going to play into it. I'm just going to put the little lad behind me. So my, my what looks like hairdo is not the <laughs> attention seeker here. Yeah. Uh, we actually it worked a, really well, actually. We, we uh, actually agreed not to say anything. So uh, <laughs> oh, I wasn't here for that. <laughs> See? <laughs> look at my hair <laughs> it looks like i have a bob <laughs> she's out here in maui the little lad berries and cream berries and cream right all right it's <laughs> all look normal oh two point i was telling will i look like a damn pilgrim <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, uh, guys, it's uh, <laughs> this is our last episode of uh, 2021. Um, it's been a crazy few months. I know we had some a uh, couple weeks where we didn't have shows and stuff because we all had life. It happens. Um, and I know, you know, like I said, I start classes back again next week. So, um, and it's a new year, but we try to do better. <laughs> and um, obviously, we took the week off last week because of christmas so um i think pretty much i don't know a single youtuber anybody that didn't take last week off to some extent so um it's been fun guys it's been a great uh it's it's been an okay year it's been great with you guys Uh, (laughs) same so uh i look forward to you know obviously continuing our conversations and making more videos in the new year uh we thank everybody who listens every week 
uh, whether it's on YouTube or just a podcast, we, we truly appreciate it. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to putting out some more content for you guys in the new year. So um, with that being said, as always, uh, have a happy rest of your Friday and uh, have a great weekend. Happy gaming. See you guys next week. Happy new year. Bye.